Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. We're going to be talking, um, and I'm just going to be teaching you for the next few minutes about this expression of worship that we call singing. So we say, let's worship, and then we, we think that's singing, but, but we know that worship is Bible reading, and worship is prayer, and worship is how I love my husband, and worship is how I take care of my body. So everything we do is worship, but we're going to zero in on this very specific thing for just the next few minutes called singing. So let's pray. Pray by myself. I feel like we just all need to pray. Just begin to pray. Just begin to say, God, I thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. You woke us up this morning. You started us on our way. We give you the glory, God. We give you the praise. Some of us have been walking with you for decades, God. Some of us are just getting to know you, but we want to know you more. We're still breathing, so there's more, God. Fill us up with more so we can be the people of expansion that you're calling us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo! So I'm so, so, so excited, and I have hardly been able to sleep or eat or think because I am so biased in this direction, okay? I'm just going to, I want to confess this. I even put, I put confess in my notes. So you guys be like, well, you're just so passionate. You are absolutely 100% correct. I am musical by nature. I make up songs about everything. I wake up to music. I go to sleep to music. I clean my kitchen to music. When I love someone or something, I will make up a song about that. In fact, I made up a love song about Dale when I fell in love with him. And it doesn't make any sense, but I'm going to share it with you now. It goes a little something like this. Dale, Dale, you're so swell. I want to put you in a pumpkin pail. Come on. No, kidding. What's a pumpkin pail, first of all? God. But we still sing that song, don't we, Dale? Dale, Dale, you're so swell. Okay, I really let you into my life just then. I just want you to know. But I'm so biased in this way. That about nine years ago, man, I, I, I was getting real judgmental. I was on the worship team, and I had been singing since I was a little kid. And, and I was just thinking, Lord, why don't people get it? Why won't they just sing? Oh, if they only knew, and la, 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 just critical. But I didn't think it was critical. I thought it was holy, Right? So I was getting ready to go to church, and I was coming to serve, and I was in my bathroom doing the finishing touches. You know what I'm talking about? And I was just still with conviction because I was having that same dialogue with God in my head. Oh, I hope today people worship. I hope they sing. I hope they get it. And boom. You ever been stilled by conviction? Come on, conviction will steal you, literally. But it's always for your good. And that's what I love about God, because conviction comes to grow us, right? Condemnation comes to shame us and take us backwards, but conviction comes to open something up so that we can walk into something that we didn't know before. And I just stood there completely still, and I really just heard these, all these thoughts. You don't know what they're doing. 
You don't know their heart. You don't see what I see. Oh, my God. I was so messed up. <laughs> but I'm so glad God did that because I am biased in this direction. And if you're biased in any direction, just know that you will also become judgmental in that direction and prejudiced in that direction. And you have to be careful because there's always more. <laughs> so without any bias, and this is why I'm sitting down, because I really just want to run around the stage and shout you down, but I ain't going to do that. Without any bias, I want to simply teach you some things today about this expression of worship. So I really like teachers who tell me what we're going to learn beforehand. Don't you like that? They give you the syllabus and you already know what's coming, but then sometimes they don't follow the syllabus. So I might not follow the syllabus, but I'm going to try to, and I'm going to tell you my plan here today. First thing, I just want, we're going to take a brief look at the history of singing as an expression of worship. Where did it originate? And, and, and when did it start, if you will, and then how did it move? And we're not going to go too deep into that because we'd be here for seven hours. So brief, brief, brief. Second, we're going to answer five questions together about singing as an expression of worship. And then we are going to get interactive, as Pastor Philip said, and we're going to practice together and we're going to sing together. And I'm so excited about it. So first off, I want you to know who invented singing. Who invented singing? Here we go. Take your, take, get your, get ready. His name is Jehovah, God Almighty, creator. All good things were made by God. All expressions of worship were invented by God. Clapping, shouting, dancing, singing, playing instruments. All of this creativity originated with our creator. Okay? So if other people do it, that doesn't mean they own it. God invented it. So the word sing pops up in Genesis 31, 27 for the first time, and it is alluding to some sort of celebration. Um, but that's the first time you, you see it in, in the Bible. And then it pops up again in Exodus 15, 2. And uh, the Israelites have, have crossed the, uh, Red <laughs> the Red River. Lord, help us. Does it ever feel like, no, I'm kidding. I'm going to preach on that for a second. No. The Israelites have crossed the Red Sea, and, and Moses is, uh, there's this song of remembrance, really, is what it is. And, and then in Numbers 21, same thing. It's really a song of remembrance. Deuteronomy 31, we see another song like that. Judges 5, we see Deborah busting out in a song after God has given her and Barak and the children of Israel a victory. And so what we see up until this time is that songs were truly, uh, um, um, they, would, they were for exaltation and they were for remembrance. Exalt, exaltation, God, you are so good. We love you. It's only you. You're so good. And, and remember what he did. Because you have to remember, they didn't have what we have. They don't have Google. They don't have uh, encyclopedias. So how they learned what God had done through the generations was they sang about it. Because you know, when you put something to a melody, it's just easy to remember, right? And so that's what's happening through those generations. And they're moving through that. And, and there's a tabernacle set up um, in the wilderness, and they carry it with them. And, and um, there's instruments in play. But there's not really worship as we know it, singing as we know it, as an expression of worship. But then we get to this beautiful collection of poetry and songs called the Psalms. 
And I just want to give you a little information about the Psalms because I want you to understand. I, I, I love to think about God in a very big way, and then I like to go real deep. And I like to think, God, why did you include what you included in the Bible? You know? Because he could have included other things, but for some reason, what's been put together for us to study and learn from and live from was, was chosen with much care. At least that's what we believe. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So why would you use 150 chapters, right? Why would you put all of that in there, songs and poetry, and then give us the Songs of Solomon, which is so risque, and we ain't going to talk about that today. But why would you include all of that? What is all that about? I want you to know about the Psalms for a second. It's the most quoted Old Testament writing in the New Testament text. These songs, these poems. Um, there's a couple different reasons that's possibly why it's, it's that way. It's uh, possible that because uh, most people wouldn't ha not have been learned, if you will, in the Torah, the Pentateuch, these first five books of the Bible, the prophets, but almost everybody would have known the Psalms. Because they sang them at their celebrations, they sang them at their, their festivals, they sang them in the temple. And so it's very possible, what, what some theologians believe, is that they were trying to use something that was common. When they were trying to explain who Jesus was and what Jesus had done, they used something that people would understand and have heard before and knew about. And even Jesus quoted the Psalms more than any other book of the Bible. Isn't that interesting? So we can't talk about the Psalms without talking about a man named David, right? You just can't. Because he wrote, uh, they believe, 75 of the 150 Psalms, so half of the book of Psalms. And David is so famous in our day for slaying the giant, right, Goliath. Even if you're not a Christian, you know that there's a guy named David who killed a giant named Goliath. And that's the story we tell because you can tell so many great stories from it. You can preach so many different sermons around it. But I just think it's interesting that the man after God's own heart is a songwriter. He's a warrior. You don't want to meet him in an alley because he going right? He can kill a lion and a bear and a giant, and he writes songs. That's interesting to me. And so though singing in Hebrew poetry predates the arrival of King David, he is the one, they believe, and we can tell this from the scriptures and from what I studied of Jewish history, that institutes this as a part of regular tabernacle worship. Surprised? No, David's a man of, of, of singing and music and worship. And so in 1 Chronicles 15, 16, Levite, he gets all the Levites together and he says, I want you to appoint some musicians over here. This is what they're going to do when we get together. They're going to make a joyful noise. They're going to they're play their instruments. And then, uh, hey, you guy, his name is Kenaniah. He makes him the head of the choir, if you will, because he has skill, the Bible says. So if you've ever had this argument in your head, why won't they just let anybody sing? Come on, guys because we don't want that. It says joyful. No, no, I'm kidding. But seriously, so, so if you think that worship leaders are an institution of the 20th century church or the 21st century, it's not. I just want to bust that, because I hear people say things that don't make any sense. Look, David did it. That was one of the first things he did, was appoint a worship leader who knew what he was doing. It's just interesting to me. And from that time on, it's understood that singing was a regular part of tabernacle worship. 
The children of God were a singing people in Bible times, and they are a singing people today. And I think maybe it's because singing to God, expressing ourselves through music and song, is one of the most tangible and powerful things that we get to do individually and corporately. And that's why I also think, because it's so powerful, it's such a topic of discussion. Why do we talk about it all the time? Why do we argue about it all the time? Why is it so confusing? You know, there are scriptures that allude to the fact that Satan was a quote-unquote worship leader in heaven. And I, I mean, this is, again, I'm biased. So I've always thought maybe that's why he attacks it so hard. Because he knows there's power in it. I don't know. It's such a natural thing, though, isn't it? You can't go into a store without hearing a song. You can't watch a movie without getting a soundtrack. This Target on Bean Boulevard drives me crazy, even though I'm in there every single day. They don't have any music playing. And so I asked an associate as he was stocking the shelves about two weeks ago, how do you do this? And he was just like, oh my God, you know, like what's wrong? I said, it's too quiet in here. And I'm trying to walk as loud as I can because I just can't stand it. I gotta have a rhythm or a beat or something. But you know, it's just so natural. It's how we memorize, right? One of the first things you were taught in school was A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I know you know it, Brandon. H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, Hey, W, X, and Come on, coach. Now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? Give yourselves a round of applause. Come on. It's just so natural. Now, can you imagine your teacher teaching you the ABCs like this? A, B, C. Why won't you kids get this? D. How come you don't know what you, what? No, we, we were wired this way, right? From our ears to our vocal cords to the sounds our hands make when they clap, we were wired for sound. We were made to make some noise. Come on. They did it then. We do it now. And, and I'm, we're not even going to go into this because then I'll float up to the heavenlies. In Revelations 19, read it for yourself. We're going to be doing it then. And the posture I've always taken on this is, if I'm going to do something in heaven, I want to get used to doing it now. So if singing is an accepted and celebrated part of our history, if it's normal, if it's what it is, if we're going to do it then and now, and they were doing it back then, what keeps us from singing? Let's get into these five questions. First question, what keeps us from singing? I've heard the following reasons, and I've said most of them myself. I can't sing which to that I would offer a correction. You don't like the sound you make when you sing. But whatever sound you make, it's still singing. So sing. I don't know this song. Hey, join the club. But the only way you'll get to know a song is if you get to know the song. So sing. My heart's not in the right place. Uh, join the club. But nothing gets your heart in the right place like worshiping God. 
So sing. Well, the worship team does a great job. Yes, you are correct. But they are not entertainers. They are leaders. They can't praise God for you. Only you can do that. So sing. Well, I'm an introvert. Are you a saved introvert? Come on. Because if you're a saved introvert, that means that your sins have been forgiven, that you have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, that you don't have to go to hell and be separated from God forever. So guess what you best to do? Oh, I can't even talk about that. You better sing. Because God knows you're an introvert. He made you. But he also said to sing. So you better sing. I see, I need to, I can't even use my words. I need to calm down. I don't want to draw attention to myself. Good. Because it's not about you anyway. So sing. But seriously, whew, I'm telling y'all, this stool is supposed to be my saving grace. You're supposed to strap me down in it, Jared. That's what you, uh, the seatbelt. I should have called for a seatbelt. What keeps us from singing? Good old-fashioned ugly, stinky pride. It's a five-letter word that if someone tells you you're prideful, you just, we fight with everything inside of us, right? But that's what it usually comes down to for some people. I, I've, me and Dell have had people in our life, and we've just had this conversation, you know, as friends, and, you know, why don't you ever sing, man? Why don't you ever? Well, God knows my heart. I, I, I don't get all worked up in that way. No, no. You just don't want to do it. Because you don't want to do things you, you don't do things you don't want to do. And that's pride. You're not seeing yourself in the right light. You forget that you're dust. You forget that God had to think you up and make you on purpose. You think you got yourself into this. So you're an observer instead of a participator. That's just pride. What about false humility? I don't want to make much of me. I fight this one. Because I can sing on a good day. My ears are going bad. So I'm either all the way up in the rafters or down here somewhere in the depths, right? So if you get me in this middle section, it may be like, rah, 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 whatever. But sometimes... I'm telling you, it'll just come out. And, I'll be, and, and when I came, I used to be on the worship team, but when I came into the congregation, if you will, and I sing so loud, I'm always like, gosh, can they hear me? I hope y'all can't, because I know I throw, I'm throwing them all the way off. But I used to think, I need to be quiet, because I don't want to make much of me. That's false humility. This isn't about us. This is about God. But you know what? I really feel this way, and I feel like this is what God really dealt with me about as I was preparing. Sometimes I think what keeps us from singing is just lack of understanding. I don't know why I should. I don't know what I'm doing. We just don't understand. So our second question, why should we sing? Because we are the children of God. I know that's redundant. But as they say, repetition builds a kitchen. I'm just kidding. Nobody says that. But me and Dale made up that corny joke, and I just had to keep it in. Woo! 
Repetition builds a kitchen. You're going to be saying it after this. Anyway, um, no, no. We sing because we are instructed to. Psalms 96, 1 through 6. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Not Sunday after Sunday. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Come on now. For all the gods of the nations are idols. They ain't nothing. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Why do we sing? Because God is worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of our obedience. He's worthy of our obedience. This is what this is. It's in the scriptures over and over. I'm telling you, we could have been here for 12 hours. If I put all the scriptures that says, sing, sing, the New Testament scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures, we're t- we are instructed to sing. We do it out of obedience, and we do it because of God's preeminence. He is above all things. He is before all things. He is God. Before he spoke the world into existence, he was. That's enough for me. I had the privilege of being the children's pastor for 18 months here at North Point. And I was at a singular focus. If if they don't learn anything else while I'm back here, I want them to know why they sing. And so if you wonder why your kids say, we sing, we dance, we praise, we clap our hands. Why? Because he's worth it. Because I said they're going to know why they sing. When they're 50 years old and they're going into a Lutheran church and they don't quite sing the way they're used to singing, I want that little phrase to pop back up in their head. I don't sing because I like this music. I don't sing because I know the song. I sing because he's worth it. That's why we sing. There's science to this. Oh, no, I'm, I'm getting ahead. I'm so excited. Why do we sing? Because we need to remind ourselves of the truth. The truth. Because we are bombarded with lies from the moment we wake up in the morning till we put our head on the pillow at night. And there's something about using song as a memorization tool to just remind us of the truth. This is why you need to read your Bible and when you're gonna learn about that today because listen, if you don't know the truth, you might be singing something that's just not true. If I find a worship song that says, says something about, you should never have to worry, you should never have to go through hard times, you should ne-, I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus said that I would go through hard times, but that I would overcome. So don't get me to sing in a song that's not true. So you have to know the word. It's the truth because we are in a battle. Come on. We fight with worship. I see it in my mind's eye as like I'm in a jungle and I have a machete in my hand and I'm just cutting through with praise. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. I might not feel like it right now. My circumstances might not say that, but I believe it with all of my heart and I will cut through until I get in the clear because my God is faithful and ain't... mm, 
you ain't gonna stop me. We fight. We fight by singing. Read the Old Testament. They put those musicians out front. Hey, come on now. Some musicians won battles. They didn't even have to fight. Why? Because there's something about it. Mm, calm down. Because we are a people of faith. Come on, guys. That's why we do most of this stuff, just because we're a people of faith. We live in a Google age where we have all of this information at our fingertips. For me, now I have it at the sound of my voice. I have a Google home and three rooms in my home, and my family probably wishes we would demolish them. Because if somebody says something I don't agree with, I say, hey, Google, how old was John Wayne when he died? I mean, I ask it the dumbest things, right? <laughs> but we live in this world where we're why. Why is the buzzword. And if I can't quite get my head wrapped around it, I'm not going to believe it and I'm not going to do it. Well, go on ahead. But the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So even if I don't understand it, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. <sighs> mm. We walk by faith and not by sight. We sing by faith and not by sight. I'm not singing this song because my life is perfect. I'm singing this song because Jesus is perfect. So by faith, I'll declare this. I am an overcomer. I am a champion. By faith. We sing because God sings. That's what Zephaniah says. He says that he, he exalts over us with loud singing. Jesus sang. We have to understand that he sang because it was a part of temple worship and Jesus was always in the temple. And then I love that they just dropped this little verse in there. After the Last Supper, it says they all sang a hymn. And I just picture my Jesus singing about the Father. <laughs> Can you see that beautiful picture? He's singing about the Father. So, so that should really be enough. But for some reason, sometimes it's just not for people, and I don't understand that. Third question, when and where should we sing? When and where should we sing? See how I snuck two questions into one question? Because <laughs> I don't like the number six, and so I was just one at five. Where? <laughs> where? Here, there, and everywhere. That's where. Because I want you to hear me, if you don't hear anything else, 15 minutes of singing on a Sunday does not a worshiper make. You wonder why you're not comfortable doing it here because you're not doing it there. You'll never be comfortable doing it here if you're not doing it somewhere else. It takes practice. Come on, we're people of habits around here. It's a habit. You have to form it in your life. If you're uncomfortable singing, you especially need to work this habit into your life. I think about the story of King David Again, because, you know, he worshiped publicly. He instituted all this public worship. But you know he was worshiping privately first, right? You know he was out in that shepherd's field writing these psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All alone, playing his instrument, perfecting his skill, perfecting his worship. That's how we can get to a scene that we see in the Bible where when they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant, the thing that housed the presence of God, David straight worships out of his clothes. Hey, now, we don't do that. We're not going to do that. We don't. Uh, can I put a disclaimer? No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. 
okay? It, it will distract somebody and it will be a stumbling block. But I just want you to know that nobody worships like that in public if they haven't been worshiping like that in private. And so while you have your eyes open watching other people sing and you're wondering what's wrong with him? Why is Philip as close to the steps as he can be? He's not supposed to preach yet. What is, what's wrong with him? Why is, he looks like he's about to, I don't know what's about, why is he doing that? Because he does that privately. Why? You have to do it privately if you want to do it publicly. How do you do that practically? In your car, in your bathroom, in your kitchen, at your desk. If you can't sing out loud, then just sing in your mind. And you know you can do it because that 80 song gets stuck in your head and you just start singing it all day and you can't even, why, Lord? That's me. I'm always like, replace it, replace it. I got none. Oh, I don't even tell you about the songs in my head. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but how do you do it practically? Just wherever you are. Turn on some music and just try to sing along and just see what happens. And I wanted to give you some resources because... I know that, there we go, we got uh, some playlists, a playlist there for, we have made an NCC worship playlist for you so that you can, um, if you have Spotify, you can start following that playlist and there's a, it's an hour's worth of songs that, that our creative team put together. So if you don't know the right artist, if you don't know the right songs, we, we put some things up there for you some, so you can take a picture of that. And this is so important because you literally have to resource yourself. Because it's, if, if the music you're drawing on, the source of, of your memories, because you're making memories, you're doing all of the stuff you don't even realize you're doing when you listen to a song. If all you listen to is Cardi B, right? And you memorize the song, you're going to be meditating on that. Because what you memorize, you meditate on. We're not against you listening to secular music and all of that stuff. We're not that church. We're not that don't taste, don't touch, all of that. No. But if all you're putting in is things that talk about love and sadness and sex and drugs and lying and stealing, if that's what's going in and that's your source that you draw on, you're not going to be able to worship. Because what you memorize, you meditate on. And it's really scary when you think about it. So privately and then corporately. Listen, when we're together, we don't have much time together. We are beat up and bruised all week. Some of you are the only believer at your job. Some of you are the only believer in your family. So you are fighting all week long. When we get in here together and we have that 15 minutes, that's why you got to get to church on time. It's such a special, holy moment. And we need to be doing it together. Fourth question, how should we sing? How should we sing? Colossians 3.16, Christ's message, message in all its richness must live in your hearts. Teach and instruct one another with all wisdom. Sing psalms, hymns, and sacred songs. Sing to God with thanksgiving in your hearts. How should we sing? With all of our heart. With all of our soul with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. This is the beautiful thing about expressing worship in this way. We get to do it with all that we are. 
we get to express our love to God in a tangible way. How do I fulfill the great commandment? How do I do that? Jesus, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. How do I do that? What's it, what, give me a way to do it. Sing. Sing. The science behind it is so magnificent. It's one of the rare functions that we as humans do that engages our entire brain. The prefrontal cortex, the frontal lobe, the temporal lobe, the occipital lobe, the cerebellum, the auditory cortex, the cerebrum, the limbic system. Literally, when you look at this online, it's every part of your brain is working and firing and just, that's why music's so powerful. It said that we literally, as we sing, we attach, we start making a new memory in the back of our brain. That's why when you hear that song, you go to that place. It's so powerful. All of who we are is engaged while we sing. Our memories, our emotions, our understanding, our very soul is engaged. Yes, but how do I do it? By seizing the moment, by seeing him, and by singing out. By seizing the moment, focus. By seeing him, ah. Turn your eyes upon Jesus and then just sing out. This has been so fascinating for me because I've never had to really think about it. I told Del, Del, I don't know how to teach this. When I go there, I just go there. So I really was like, Lord, I need your help on this one. And hear me, if you're like me and you've been doing this for so long, God, help us if we make it routine. Because it's such a beautiful thing. We have to seize the moment. We have to clear our mind. I don't know, you might have to say a little prayer. You might have to change your posture. Whatever you have to do to get your mind right, get your mind right. You have to see him. That looks different for everybody. One of our worship leaders, her name was Carmen Bradford, and if you know her, you know how amazing she is. But she said, this is what I see when I worship, and now I understand why she worships the way she does. She said, I see a full auditorium of people. I mean, excuse me, I see an empty auditorium of people and Jesus is the only one right in the center. And I'm on a stage and I'm singing to him. And I thought, well, good Lord, Miss Carmen, no wonder you're so anointed. That's what you see when you worship. Some people say they see the cross. Some people say, I just go to this place. I can't really describe it, but I just, what they're saying is I'm seeing him. This is where your spirit begins to worship. And you begin to make that connection with God. How do you do it? Just by singing out. No matter what it sounds like, no matter how it feels, no matter if the song is new or old, God is the same and he is always worthy of our praise. So we sing out. Well, I don't know the song. Well, mouth the lyrics. Close your eyes and focus on Jesus. Lift your hands. Sway. Dance a little bit. Whatever you have to do. But you need to sing out. It's so much easier than we think. But we make it so complicated. A 
couple of weeks ago, I had the privilege of, of teaching some women in Minden, and, and I learned a new song. They didn't have any screens. <laughs> Man. They didn't have Philip Bussey. Why not? No, I don't know. And it was such a beautiful thing because I hadn't done that in so long. And the lady just began to lead us, and she said, when we tell God who he is, he begins to tell us who we are. And I said, ooh. And then she just began to say, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Next thing I know, I was singing. I didn't know the song. I didn't have any words. She just kept repeating it. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, that is who you are. Sing it with me, come on. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. It's easier than you think but we make it so complicated. Hear me, I understand it depends on the season. I work for the church, so can, you, can I tell you how I have to start now? I didn't used to do this. I just have to start singing out. Our pastor says, you don't feel your way into an action, you're act, you act your way into a feeling. And I have taken that to heart, because I used to just be able to go there, but now I have to come in here with my eyes wide open and just start singing out. The next thing I know, I see him and I've seized the moment and I don't even know if y'all are in the room because me and Jesus are together. My sister said, you know what I have to do? I have to take a deep breath. And I have to seize the moment. Right, Shell, isn't that what you said? And then you begin to sing out, she said. And then I see him. And the next thing I know, <laughs> I'm there. It's different for everybody. It's different in every season. But you gotta do this. Because the fifth question is, is the most glorious. What happens when we sing? We, not me, not they, we. We live in an individualistic world, right? Brand yourself, incorporate yourself, be as unique as possible. There's nothing wrong with all that, except Jesus talks a lot about we. He talks a lot about they. He couples all up into something called the bride, the body. We, we, what happens when we sing? Hmm. Now this stool is, is holding me back. <laughs> Though David had set up a system of worship in the, the tabernacle, he didn't get to build the temple for God that he wanted to with all of his heart. He didn't get to do it. He never got to see them actually minister in the temple. And it was such a beautiful thing. 
And we're gonna get to what happened on the first time that they did that, but I wanna give you a few just practical things to think about. When we sing, we are collectively humbling ourselves. The businessman, the millionaire, the lawyer, the mom, the middle school student. We all saying, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Collectively humbling ourselves. When we sing, we are collectively declaring who he is and reminding ourselves of who we are. When we sing, we are (laughs) celebrating the victories of the past, the present, and the future. By your spirit, I will rise. I might feel dead right now and I don't have, I don't even want to be here, but by your spirit, I will rise. We're declaring the victories of the future. But we're doing something else so incredibly beautiful. The first time that the the musicians and the singers got to, to minister together in the actual temple, this is what happened, Second Chronicles 5, 11, 14. And when the priest came out of the holy place, for all of the priests who were present and consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jedithun, and we'll skip to verse 13. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised (laughs) with the trumpets and the cymbals and the other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, this is what they sang out. For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud, so much so that the priests could not stand to minister. They couldn't play anymore. They couldn't sing anymore. Why? Because the glory of the Lord filled the house. They had a system in place. The priests were only supposed to serve at certain times. If your grandpa was this guy, you came. If your grandpa was that guy, you came. And and this is when you did it, and this was your week and your month. But, But this was such a special occasion that they said, forget all that. They cast off their divisions one translation says, and listen, this is what we do when we come together. You might live in Brownlee and I might live in Green Acres and you might drive a Lexus and I drive a Dodge. And I might be a woman and you might be a man and you might be older than me and I might be younger than you. But when we come in here and we offer up a collective praise to our God, we are casting off all those divisions and we are raising up a praise in unison And when we do that, the glory of the Lord can fill the house so much so that we can't even stand to do anything. You ever been in a service like that? Everybody's singing. It sounds like an angelic choir and then all of a sudden silence. But this is what I love about Jesus. The New Testament says we are all priests and that we are all a temple. And so I can do this at my house and the glory of the Lord can fill my house. But when me and you 
the priest and the priest and the priest and the priest and the temple and the temple and the temple and the temple all get into the same place, Taylor. And we start singing the same song. And we all set our face toward Jesus. Something supernatural can happen. People can be healed. People can be set free. Lives can be forever changed when we come as one. When we do this, we're just becoming what we already are. We are one body. We are one bride. We are one people. And that's why it's so powerful. Here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.